0: Turn in your Bible. We're going to start by going to First Corinthians chapter ten. We're looking at uh, continuing our hard passages, and we're we're looking at when we say hard passages. Sometimes we look at it this way: hard because they're hard to understand or hard to put together. What does it mean? We have to see the context. Sometimes it's hard because it seems to be saying something that's not right, like you could lose your salvation or you have to do good works to be saved. Those kind of things. Well, this morning we're going to talk. We're going to look at an area that people talk about. Uh, a lot of time, and they talk about falling away and what does that mean and so let me raise some questions like first what does it mean that, that somebody falls away what are they falling away from Can believers fall away? And what does this mean? If so, what do they fall away from? And do they fall away from salvation, the truth, the growth? What's going on? And so when we look at this this morning, I want you to just be ready. And if we have time for questions, we'll do it like always. Or we'll just go and do do it in our grow groups as well. But I just want you to think through these issues because you're going to have people come up and say things. So let's start it with this way. We've all seen this happen. Somebody believes in Christ for eternity. They say, I believe in Jesus. You know, I've trusted in him and believe in him as my... Savior, and they're all excited, and they, they tell us, and, and everybody's happy, and, and they may even get baptized in front of people, and just all that. We've all seen that, and then for a while, they're like on fire, and they're growing, and everything looks good, and then as time goes by, they sort of begin to fade, and then they don't come as much, and other things seem to grab their attention, and before you know it, they're not really... Coming at all. In fact, you say, whatever happened to to Bill? I I don't know. Whatever happened? I don't know what happened to him. And they'd say, well, he's fallen away and and, uh, that kind of thing. And so historically, when people say they believe in Christ and then they quit growing or they fall away, so to speak, or even they'll say stuff like, I used to believe that, but I don't. And so people say things like this. They say, what is the view of falling away from views? Well, something is that they were saved, but then they fell away and they lost their salvation. They were saved, but then they quit. They quit growing. They quit going on to maturity, and they, and they lost their salvation. There's another view that says, no, they, they were never saved. And this just shows they were not saved. Because if they were really saved, they would have kept growing, and they would kept coming to church, and they would have kept getting... And then the third view is, no, they are believers who have fallen from the truth, and they're no longer growing. And so those are three ways to look at it. We all know that the right way is the last one. Here's the thing. Think about it. We know that you can't lose salvation. They're not somebody who believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life and then lost it because they, they turned away. We know that. 1 John five thirteen. these things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. So we can know that. And, and so eternal life is eternal life, and, and so that's a, a great truth. The, the second thing is, this, this is a believer who has fallen away from the truth into sin. If you grew up Baptist, some people call these people backsliders, but historically somebody say a backslider is somebody who started off and now they don't come anymore, they don't, they rarely come, and, and there's the same schools of thoughts there. Some people say, well a backslider is somebody who was saved, but that lost their salvation. That wouldn't be Baptist because usually Baptists don't believe you can lose your salvation. It might be some other denomination. But then there's others who say, well, if he's really a believer, he would have gone on. So it just proves he's not a believer. And that's a lot of people who hold to that. Uh, we believe that a person who believes in Christ for eternal life has what? What does he have? Eternal life. That's life forever. And so if you slide away, uh, fall away, it doesn't have anything to do with your eternal life salvation. And so we're going to see this. I'm going to give you some passages. In fact, we're going to look at five passages very quickly that talk about falling away. And how do they fit? What does it mean? What does it mean to fall away? And and let's, let's talk about this. What happens when a believer falls away? Now, we already know that a believer cannot lose salvation. And we already know that this doesn't prove that somebody's saved, whether they, the they keep faithful or not, because we know people, the Bible talks about people who aren't faithful who are still saved. So what happens to a believer when they fall away? It, some people say, is, it a, is this a believer who loses salvation? No. Is it a person who proves they never saved? No. We see a believer falls into sin. So what are some consequences of falling away? Well, there, you're out of fellowship, right? And you have sin in your life. You lose rewards, and when I say lose rewards, we once again don't mean that rewards that you gain, you, that you've already gained, you lose. It's saying you're losing the opportunity to gain rewards. You should expect discipline. We talked about that last week in Hebrews 10, Hebrews 6. Hebrews 10, expect the discipline of God. When you're out of fellowship and you move away and you don't do what God wants you to do, you expect discipline. And then it does damage testimony because people say, well, they used to be saved. Or, well, they said they were saved, but now they're not. Look how they live. And people say all those kind of things. And so here's what we're going to do. And I'll go through them fairly quickly. And if we have time, we can do more about it. But here's some passages we're going to look at. First Corinthians, they all deal with falling away. First Corinthians 10, Hebrews 4, 11, First Timothy 4, Second Timothy 3, and Galatians 5, 4. And we're gonna see those, and we're gonna see how they fit together. So let's start, and if you go ahead and turn to First Corinthians chapter 10, and we're gonna look at verses basically 12 and 13. Most of you know the passage. In fact, let's put it up here. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he what? Fall. Fall, fall what? Fall. Uh, no temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with a temptation will provide the way of escape also that you may be able to endure it. So what is this passage talking about? Is this passage telling the person be careful because you may fall away and fallen away? It has the idea of losing salvation? Of course not. Look what he says in verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. Fall what? Fall from salvation or fall into the temptation? Because notice what the next verse says. No temptation is overtaken to you, but such is common to man. So he's not talking about falling from salvation. He's talking about falling into the temptation aspect. And so there are people who come to you and they'll say, you better take heed lest you think you stand that you fall. And they mean just you lose your salvation. But in the flow of the passage, what's he talking about? Fall into what? fall into sin and temptation notice he says therefore take heed lest you think you stand that you fall why because no temptation is overtaking such as common to man and god is faithful and what will he do when you fall into temptation to sin remember god will give you a what a way out you know sometimes we'll say i couldn't help it and that's true sins i couldn't help it but the truth is we don't have to fall in fact he says here take heed lest you think you stand you you, you fall Because there's a lot of people who say something like this. I would never do that. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Don't ever say I would never do something because you don't know what's going to happen to you. Peter said, I will never deny you. In fact, if I have to, I will die. And he meant it. But he failed. And so the truth is for all of us, we can't say I would never do that. I would never do that. No, because we don't know. So what in this passage, when he says, take heed lest you think you stand, that you do not fall, that he does not fall, he's not talking about losing salvation, he's talking about falling into temptation and falling into sin. Okay, does everybody got that one? Because there are going to be people who come up to you and say, that verse says you can fall away and you'll be lost. That's not what it's talking about. Make them read the next verse. Make them them read how it fits together. In fact, if you go back to verse 6, now these things happened as examples. He's talking about what happened in the Old Testament and how these believers, what happened to them and all of that. And speaking of that, that takes us to the next verse or the next passage is Hebrews 4.11. Therefore, let us be diligent to enter the rest, lest anyone... What? fall through following the same example of disobedience. What in the world is going there? And if you want to turn there, you can. I'm going to put the verses up. But in Hebrews chapter 4, in fact, flip over there real quickly if you want to. I know it's, it's hard to flip around a lot. I don't like having to do that. But I just want you to see all these verses. In Hebrews 4.11, he says, Therefore, let's be diligent in the rest so that no one will follow through following the same example of disobedience. What in the world is going on? He's telling the story. Of the Jewish people, they were in captivity in Egypt. What did God tell them to do? How are they going to get out? What did God tell them to do? Does anybody know? Jewish people have been in captivity for 400 years and they do all these God does all these miracles with Moses. What's the last thing he tells them to do? Anybody know? Maybe nobody knows. No, he says, I want you to get a lamb. I want you to kill that lamb and put the what? Blood on the door because you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to believe me. You put the blood on the door. When I see, when the angel comes through and sees the blood on the door, he will what? Pass over this house. And so they had to believe God and they did. They believed him. So they were believers and they came out. And then as they got ready to go into the promised land, they stopped at Kadesh Barnea, and they sent in 12 spies. And what happened? 10 of the 12 came back and said, we can't go. Two said, Joshua and Caleb said, we can't go. And they all got crying and weeping and 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 God said, okay, you're not going. They didn't trust him. Therefore, let's be diligent to enter the rest. They didn't enter the rest. They didn't enter the promised land. Lest anyone fall through the same example of disobedience. He goes through in this story in Hebrews chapter 4 about this, about how that they didn't enter the rest. They didn't. They were believing Jewish people who killed the Passover lamb and trusted God. They were delivered from Egypt, but they did not trust God to get them to the promised land. And as he says here, they fell Through an example of disobedience. What does fallen away in this passage mean? They didn't trust God. They're believers and they didn't trust God. Have you ever fallen away in the sense because you didn't trust God? The answer is yes. We all do that if we're not careful. He says in chapter 4 of Hebrews, look at these people as an example. As an example But he says, therefore, let's be diligent to enter the rest. Let's trust God so that no one will fall through following the example of disobedience. What are the Hebrews people not doing? They're not trusting God. They put themselves back under the the law system. We've been seeing it over and over. And this is the same thing that's going away. This is not a fall from salvation. Were these Jewish people who came out of Egypt believers? How do we know? We all go in. Well, we yeah, we know, we know. How do we know? They put the blood on the door. They believed the lamb. They shed the blood of the lamb, which put the blood on the door. They killed the lamb and they trusted God. They stayed in there and they woke up that next morning to leave. And nobody in their place was dead, but all the other places without it. They believed God. They were believers. That's how they came out. And because they didn't make it to the promised land, you wouldn't believe how many people say they were believers, but they didn't make it to the promised land, so they were really unbelievers. What? It's not what it says. Can a believer become an unbeliever? Well, I mean, if you say, I just quit believing stuff. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're saying, can a, can a child of God become an unchild of God? No. So in Hebrews 4, 11, when he says, let's... Let's let anyone fall through following their example. He's not talking about falling from salvation. He's talking about being just like those Jewish people who refuse to trust God to go into the promised land after already trusting him to come out of Egypt. So sometimes in our lives, we trust God. We believe God. We do what he says. And then something else comes along and we don't. And that's what he's warning there. Turn to First Timothy. That's the warning. They did not enter the rest. Turn to First Timothy, or if you don't have to, I've got it right there. Look at this. But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from what the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits, demons, doctrine of demons, by means of hypocrisy of liars, seared in their own conscience with a branding iron, and there are people who forbid marriage and advocate staying from foods which God created to be gratefully shared. In by those who believe and know the truth. In the latter days, we in the latter days? When do the latter days start? At the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The last days are after Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. In these latter times, some will what? Fall away from what? The faith. What does that mean? I mean people say, well, falling away from the faith. The faith is the body of truth. The faith is the body of truth. Paul says in one place, he says, look at yourself to see if you are in the faith. He's not saying to see if you think you're a believer. He's saying, are you living by Scripture? Listen, there are going to be people in the last days that are going to fall away from the truth of the Bible. Let me just get over to 1 Timothy for a second. because He says, some will fall away from the faith. And what do they do? They pay attention to the Doctrine of demons. They start believing stuff that are taught by the devil and not by Jesus Christ. Can a believer do that? Of course they can. Can you believe things that are wrong? Can you quit believing the Bible? Could you believe some of the stuff from the Book of Mormon? Jehovah's Witnesses? I know people who are Christians who say, well, I became a Mormon. I say, oh, So you moved away from the faith and you go to the doctrine of demons. Anytime you move away from the truth of the Bible, you have moved away from the faith. So he's not saying they don't have faith. He's saying they moved away from the body of truth. Notice this. Here's some of the things that they hold to. Forbid marriage. Advocate abstaining from certain foods which God has created. And later on, he gets another one, and he talks about other things that they do. It's just turning away at the latter days. They Let me see if I could get over here. It, in the last days, difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutals, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness. These are people who actually think they're godly, and that's what they do. That's called moving away from the faith. Yeah, question. Exactly. I think we pretty much in the last... listen, there are people out there that do not believe anything we believe. There are people who call themselves Christians who don't even say... Who will say, we don't hold to the Bible, but we're Christians. I say, well, I don't know what your authority is if you don't hold the Bible anymore. How can you even know what to believe? Well, they don't know what to believe. Because there's more a social gospel, but there's something else. I mean, there are people out there. So you're exactly right. We're in we're in that time in which there are many people who have moved away from the faith. And in fact, if you you, you start looking, you'll see major denominations and groups that begin to say we don't hold to that anymore. Um, I can't remember the denomination. There's a denomination that is is a national denomination that uh, had always held to what we call premillennial dispensationalism. Y'all know what that means? Premillennial dispensational means Jesus is going to come. There's going to be a rapture. There's going to be a tribulation. There's going to be a second coming in the kingdom. Just what we believe. This denomination held to that for their entire span of history until 10 years ago. And then they decided as a denomination they would not hold to the literal interpretation of the scripture. It happens all the time. That's why schools, seminaries. Uh, how did Harvard start? Harvard was a seminary. Harvard started as a seminary. And out front of Harvard, there's a rock that says, this school is founded to train men to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's at Harvard. But Harvard now has a person who is over their religious education department who is an atheist, who says, I'm an atheist. So everything changes. In the latter times, what can happen? The Spirit explicitly says that in the latter days some will fall away from the faith. Could you a believe be a believer and fall away from the faith? Of course that means you're not going, you're not holding to the scripture anymore. This is not talking about salvation and losing salvation. This is just falling away from faith or the faith, the body of truth. How about Second Peter? Now we all know that one. Because we've studied that one so many times uh, when we looked at the life of Peter. Let me just get it for you just so, because I know we can't remember everything. But Second Peter 3 says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard lest you be carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These are believers. They says, fall from your steadfastness. They didn't say anything about losing salvation. He says, just be careful. Don't get carried away by the error of unprincipled men. People start teaching things that are incorrect. And before you know it, you got moved away. He says, be on guard yourself because you don't automatically grow. By the way, we don't automatically grow and mature as believers. In fact, if we're not consciously taking the word of God and putting it in our brain, we will unconsciously be conformed to this world. If we're not consciously being transformed by the word of God, we will unconsciously be conformed to the world. And that's what happens to most people. And so he says, be careful, be on your guard, lest you get taught by unprincipled men and you fall from your own steadfastness. What does fall from your steadfastness mean? Lose your salvation? No, it means you fall away from the truths and you quit growing. That's the warning. And when he says fall from, your, fall from growing, you're, the goal is to stand for Christ. That's why I love verse 18. He says, but you got to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You got to grow. So be careful. That's his warning. We got one more. And this is in Galatians. And you know the story of Galatians. Let me flip over there just for you, just so I can have it. I went too far. 5.4, Five, four. it says, you've fallen from grace. I've had a number of people in my life come up to me and say, you can fall from grace and lose your salvation. I said, what do you mean? Falling from grace means that you no longer are a Christian. You fall away from God's grace and you lose your salvation. What do we know automatically? You cannot what? You can't lose your salvation. If you're saved, you can't lose your salvation. So what does it mean, fallen from grace? Well, you remember the story. Paul went to these churches in the region of Galatia. That's why it's called Galatians. And he led them to Christ, told them about salvation by faith alone and Christ alone, justified by faith. They all believed it. They were all excited. Paul leaves and goes somewhere else. Judaizers, who are people who believe that you had to keep the Mosaic Law to be saved, they came in and they said to these people, Paul told you this, but he was wrong. There, you have to have more than just faith in Christ. You have to keep the Mosaic Law to be saved and so many of these believers said oh gosh okay we got to go back under the law when paul found out about it if you remember when he wrote to them he wrote to them and he said i am amazed that you are already moved away from the gospel to another gospel which is not a gospel He actually said, if somebody comes to you, including me or an angel out of heaven, and gives you a different gospel than I gave you, they need to be accursed. That's what Paul said. How important is it to have a grace message of salvation or a clear message of salvation? Paul says if you don't have it and the person is proclaiming the false one, ought to go to hell. That's what accursed literally means. Paul is so strong, and he says the gospel message is so important that anybody that gives a wrong message ought to be accursed. And so he's writing to them, and they put themselves back under law. Now, if you're under law, do you have freedom? No. no. Watch. He says, I'm amazed you followed another gospel, the false gospel, chapter 5, verse 1. Listen to what he says. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. Therefore, keep standing firm. Don't go back to a yoke of slavery. What's the yoke of slavery? The law. He said, don't get back under the law. And then he says here, behold, I, Paul, say to you, if you receive circumcision, if you put yourself under the law, get circumcised, try to keep the law. Christ will not be a benefit to you. He's not saying you're not saved. He's saying you're moving away from the one that you're supposed to live for and serve. And then he says in verse three. this There. I testify again to every man who receives circumcision. If you're going to put yourself under the law, you got to keep the whole law. Right? How's that sound? And then he really gets to it and he says, you've been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from Grace. So people go, oh, wait a minute. You're severed from Christ. No, you're not looking to Christ. You're looking to the law. You've gone away. You've fallen from grace. You've gone from the grace system to the law system. I know many Christians who start out and believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. They've trusted in him. They have eternal life. And then they put themselves under a law system for the Christian life. They have fallen from grace. There is a grace system and there is a law system. For the grace of God that has appeared... Bringing salvation to all men. Teaching us. It is the grace of God that teaches us how to live the Christian life. Christian life is not law. It is grace. Paul is writing to these Galatians and he says, you've fallen from grace. You've moved away from the grace system. Happens all the time. I see people all the time. There's a whole group of people called theonomist. Theonomist. Theos means God, namas, law, those are Greek words, and you put them together and it means God's law. They believe, there are a lot of people who believe that the Christian life is lived under the Mosaic law. We've never been under the Mosaic law and never will be under the Mosaic law. And when people do that, guess what? They've fallen from grace. So... We see that believers can fall. They can fall from grace. They can fall into sin. They can fall from the faith. They can fall from the truth. They can fall from the principles of God's word. So let me give you this. Let's realize that believers can fall. So live in God's power so we'll not fall into temptation. Remember, that's how about this one? Let's study and obey the word of God so we'll not fall away from the what? The faith, the body of truth. Let's trust God daily so we'll not fall from our own what? Steadfastness. And finally, let's live under grace and not law, so we'll not fall from grace. So those are just quick five five passages that all talk about falling away or falling, and you've heard all your life that if a guy says, I believe, and then they fall away, people say, well, he probably wasn't ever saved, or they lost their salvation. We already seen from these passages, we already know you can't lose your salvation. So what do all these things mean? Well, you could fall into temptation, you could fall away from the truths of the Bible, you could fall away from your growing, you could fall from the grace system and put yourself under a law system. All of those are actually falling away. So, let me raise. Uh, we got just a, a few minutes. What about questions? Anything before we go to our grow groups? Any questions about all this falling away stuff? I'd say Catholicism falls under one of those things. Uh, Bonita said that uh, she thinks Catholicism. Uh, falls under that. Well, when people say things like forbidding marriage and requiring certain foods to eat, that sounds very similar, doesn't it? Then what we see throughout history is there are always groups that say, if you're really going to be right, you better do this and do this and do this. And they fall away from the faith or they fall away from grace and, not, and, and get under law. And there are a lot of groups, first of all, let me say, there's a lot of groups that never start with grace at all. It's always law. But it's, sometimes a person can believe in Christ for eternal life, and then one of these four or five things happen to them, and they fall away. And some people would say if a person falls away, they're not saved, or if a person falls away, they lose it. We all know if a person falls away, they're moving away from the truth, they're falling into the temptation, they're not growing anymore, they put themselves under a law system, all of those things. So you're, you're right, there, there are a lot of groups out there, that one in particular, that seems to add uh, uh, more things than faith. Than faith alone and Christ alone. Let me just say this too. Be real careful. I've been throw. Up. I think this is something most people never think about. How many people in the world do you think believe that Jesus died and rose again? Almost every religious group in the world believes Jesus died and rose again. You will hear people say, in order to be saved, you must believe that Jesus died and rose again. Jesus died and rose again for every person. That does not save a person. You're saved by faith in Christ for what? Eternal life. That's the offer. He did die and rise again to pay for sin and conquer death. We're so glad that he did it. He did it so that he can give the offer of eternal life simply by faith. So be real careful. There's all kinds of stuff out there that people say and bring up. And you just got to be clear that we want to tell people. And Brandy did it amazingly. The whole week, So he was up front. And the people, all the, the teachers and the Bible part and all of the, the crew leaders, they all told the kids over and over again, you believe in Jesus and you get eternal life. And and it was so clear and, and that's what you want. Now, people have heard all their lives, all these other things, but we want to stay really clear on you. Believe in Jesus for eternal life. Okay, any, any questions or anything before we wait to go to Grow Group? Well, many of the apostles had wives. Well, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Oh, uh, she's, she's back on Catholicism. Many of the apostles had wives. Well, well. He, Peter did for sure. Paul didn't. Paul said, but don't I have the right to go around like Peter does with his wife? Right? That was wrong. No, but they'd say, they might say, well, Jesus wouldn't marry. Well, some say married Mary Magdalene. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But anyway. All right. What else? Any other questions? Any? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first uh, Corinthians 10 that we uh, talked about, and God is faithful not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but that he will find uh, provide a way. I thought that this was about hardship in life and... Uh, I thought this was about hardship in life when... Uh, Christians. It's possible. Yeah, there is. There is. A, she, she's saying the First Corinthians passage is is really a powerful passage because it not only just he he does in the flow he's talking about sin, but it is the Corinthians. There are sometimes there are trials and temptations that come into our lives, and what this passage is actually saying: be careful, because this remember God will provide a way that you don't have to fall, you don't have to sin, or you don't have to to experience some of these things because God will find a way out. I think in the first Corinthians passage, he is dealing with the sins in their lives. It is dealing with hardship as well. Uh, uh, he says, I, I, I wanted to come and all this. I'm going to remain in Ephesus. And he says, now, uh wait a minute. Wrong passage. Is that it somewhere in the New Testament? Okay. All right. Uh, he's saying, look what these people did. He what did the Jews do? They came out, they saw everything, they were Moses, they ate everything, but God wasn't well pleased with them. Why? And he says, don't let what they did be an example. And he said, they committed immoral, immoral acts, uh, 23,000 died in one day, they grumbled and they were destroyed. And all these things happened to them as an example. And I think he's saying, look what they did. So be careful don't fall in the same way, but just remember when the temptation comes, God's got a way out. So I think it's I think it's more of the sin there. Although the Corinthians were struggling with all kind of things, if you remember the book, that almost everything, almost every bad thing that a church could do, they were doing. So it kind of kind of helps us a little bit and says, well, they were doing it, and 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 God took care of them. Uh, we can we can grow and make a difference.